0: Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. And I'd like to get into a few little excursions before we actually get into the verse-by-verse teaching on the book of Acts. So today's teaching today's Bible study is going to be more of an introduction. All right, so get a piece of paper, get a notepad, get your iPad, get whatever works for you, a napkin, write on it, open your Bible. Let's, let's get into this and just take in what I have to share with you. Now I might look really young, but I've been at this for 48 years going to church. And that's what I want to talk to you about going to church, being the church, so I know a little bit about this, okay? So let's get into it. Well, this year, uh, in preparation for 2021, I asked Pastor Art what, his, what was on his heart for 2021. And he said that this would be the year of the people of God, the house of God, and the pursuit of God. That was what he saw was gonna be the endeavor for us as heritage, for our local church, but what he saw God doing throughout. And then I heard Brother Copeland, Prophet Copeland's uh, word that he gave. He said 2021 would be the year of the local church. And that just went right along with what our pastor was saying to us, the year of the local church. Now to expound on that a little, Brother Copeland said a most powerful move of God will take place in the local church. The glory of God will fall in those churches that are preaching, teaching, healing, and going strong in the word of faith. Now, did you catch that? Propagating the word of faith, laying hands on the sick, preaching the uncompromised gospel, where salvation, healing, deliverance, prosperity are concerned. That's what's in the heart of God. I saw a, uh, an Instagram post by Terry Co- Pearsons, Terry Copeland Pearsons, and this intrigued me. But what was on her heart and what she stated was that the church is the keeper of the nation. Think about that. Not just each local church, but the church as a whole, especially in this country, in all countries, but in this country, we are the keeper of the nation. And we're gonna come back around to that in, in, in the next session or two and expound on that responsibility a little bit. But let me start off by having you turn to Matthew 18, or excuse me, Matthew 16. We're gonna get into something, and then I'm gonna backtrack on a few definitions because that's what I do. As a teacher, I like to give definitions and just kinda hone it in with maybe a word or definition that'll trigger something for you. Now, you know the passage in Matthew 16 starting right around verse 13 you can read the whole thing for yourself all the way at least through verse 20 but this is when jesus spoke to peter and he said this out of the message translation it says when jesus arrived in the villages of caesarea philippi he asked his disciples what are people saying about who the son of man is and they replied some think he is john the baptizer some say elijah Some Jeremiah or one of the other prophets, he pressed them. Well, how about you? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus came back to Peter and said, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of the books or from teachers. My father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you really are. You are Peter, a a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, or I'll put together my called out ones, or I'll assemble my called out ones a church so expansive i didn't say expensive i said expansive big with energy that even the gates of hell will not be able to keep it out and that's not all you will have complete and free access to god's kingdom keys to open any and every door no more barriers between heaven and earth or earth and heaven a yes on earth is a yes in heaven a no on earth is a no in heaven so i brought this verse out because i wanted you to see when he called him out and he said this is this is what i'm going to build my church on it was the the revelation that peter had about who christ was that's who he was building he was going to build his church on the people that have the revelation and the revelation itself This revelation that Peter experienced brought a new identity to Peter and even renamed him at that point. You can get into that. I don't want to take that particular excursion right now. But it brought Peter a new identity. From that point on, there was a part in there, in the believers that were designed to be church goers because they were part of the church now. That Jesus in Christ had said, I will build upon. I'm gonna build my church on this truth. So we have to know the truth. We have to know the word of God in order to understand our foundation and how we are to build upon it and who we are in identity. I, I'm a new identity now. A yes. When I say something, a yes to something, it's it's in heaven, it's in it's it's a no here here, then it's a no in heaven, etc. Jesus was basically telling Peter, you're a whole new man now. Not only am I renaming you, but you got to understand about these keys to the kingdom. And you can't extract and separate being a churchgoer and attending church and the church itself and move them to the side. This was part of Jesus' intention, of God the Father's intention when it came to the, the building up of the body of Christ. This was his whole intention. So, as I said earlier, the prophets are speaking and declaring much about the local church and all of its purpose dynamics. Therefore, we must understand and anticipate the purpose of the church, of a church, our church, our local church, and I know it might be something that we think we understand, but there's no such thing as I, I know it all and I understand it all in the things of God. Because we've never been the church in 2021. We've I've never been a church goer in 2021 till 2021. And there are purpose dynamics because there are different dynamics that we have to deal with. You know, we're coming out of a pandemic. I mean, the last one was 100 years ago. I wasn't around then. <laughs> I wouldn't look this good. But anyway, we have been... Things have been forced upon us. Things that has said the church wasn't essential. Wow, what a what a bad doctrine! What a a lie! The church is essential. After all, Jesus said, "I'm building everything upon this church." How could we not be essential to Christianity and to to the world at large? The gospel must go forth. And I know some people call where they attend different things, like temples or. Um, you know, synagogues maybe. But as the Christians, those that follow the word of God, those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we call it church because it's, it's a twofold aspect. The church, well, let me read it to you, okay? I get too excited. I'll get ahead of myself. So the church, by definition, is the whole body of Christians scattered throughout the earth, It is the assembly of the faithful Christians here in earth and already and includes all those that have already passed on to heaven. Uh, We have a pretty big membership, if you think about it. (laughs) That's why it's taking so long to to get things ready and to and to finish building everything. So I'm going to say that again. The whole body of Christians scattered throughout the earth. This is the church. The assembly of faithful Christians already passed on and received in heaven. You know, that word church, it it shows, I think, 111 times in the King James Version throughout the Bible. It means different things. It has different inferences. I don't want us to just read the Bible when we see the word church. Think of just going to a building because there's more to it than that. There's more to being a part of the body of Christ, the church of Christ. And they're often interchanged. The church is often referred to as the body of Christ. And we have to know what is being said where the word of God is concerned and what is being meant. A church, like I said earlier, is a building. It's just designed to hold these services for Christian worship. That's what we call it, a church, a church. A lot of churches have, have insignia on them like a cross or the outline of the Holy Spirit to indicate their Christianity. Whatever it is, if you meet in an industrial complex, it's not just the building You've set that building aside. You've set it apart for the set-apart ones, okay? There's layers to this thing, and we need to understand them. I like Webster's. He says that church is a building for public and especially Christian worship. So it's indicative. Church is indicative of Christian worship. It's indicative of the clergy or the whole body of Christians. So see, that, that term is interchanged in Webster's definition. Now, let's talk about the the difference. Uh, and Pastor talked to me about this as one of his desires was understanding the word assembly or to assemble and how that compares with sometimes the, the terms that we throw around today. You know, like uh, a lot of things nowadays are more casual. And it doesn't mean they they can't be casual if the spirit behind it is, is being allowed to be who the spirit is, and to be accurate, and to have the intensity, and to have the anointing. You know, we can call things, uh, I don't know, I'll just make up a name, like, you know, we use the term on Wednesday, sometimes Wednesday Night Live. You can call it that, but what is it? What is, what is meant? A lot of people use the term a worship service. Well, we don't just worship we study, we learn, we do all that, but it's not a bad thing to call it a worship service. But as long as we have the scriptural understanding of what it means to be a churchgoer, what it means to be part of the church, part of the body of Christ. Now, I'd like to focus on the word in our study here, on the word assembly or assemble. Now, you've all have heard of a denomination called the Assembly of God. I actually grew up in the Assembly of God church and it had its, uh, its basic tenets. It had a lot of do's and don'ts. And, but that was that, that's that religion, okay? I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ on a personal level, level in 1973. And I must say that all the years that I went to church prior, I was taken to church as a child, as a teenager, i was taken to church and it wasn't like i was singing that secular song you know take me to church because first of all it wasn't there I, i it wasn't like i had a choice i was an underage person and i was taken to church if i stayed the night with my grandma i was taken to church by her i was told where to sit what to do but in 1973 it all changed because i asked jesus to come into my life I was saved. I was filled with the Holy Ghost at, at that same time that I, that I asked him to come into my heart and to change me. And he knew I needed a good dose of the Holy Ghost right then to be able to st- stay right with him. But after that, I couldn't get enough church. I went on my own. Well, first of all, I was driving by then, uh, 17 years old. So I had, I had a car. I was driving. I went to church on my own and I took other people with me. And I've never stopped. Going on 66 this year, it's a wonderful track record to have. And I know it's, it's a major part of the difference in my life. So that's just a little personal testimony. But what I understand is what helps and what feeds my faith about assembling together with other Christians and assembling in the place where God has put me. It's very important. So the word assemble, assembly, the word assemble indicates something more purposeful than just a gathering, okay? Um, I'll give you an illustration that I heard Dennis Burke say years ago. I've heard my pastor use it. I've shared it before. But back in the day, in fact, when our kids were little, we did this. We'd go over to, like, Toys R Us, and they'd pick out the bike they wanted. They had a bunch of them on display there, and they show all the little trinkets, the uh, handlebar, little pom that they would put the horn the basket you know a girl's bike is pink a boy's bike is blue or whatever you know that was back in the day and if once you decided which one you wanted you'd pull the ticket go up to the cashier pay for it then they would direct you around the back of the warehouse for your bike so what you purchased what you saw that was your vision that was your intention well There was nothing wrong with your intention, with the vision that you had, especially for your child because they have that. I mean, they're ready to to ride it following the car home because they're so excited about it. Well, you go around back and you give them the ticket, they bring it out, and it's all in a box with a big sign that says some assembly required or assembly required. Well, yeah, (laughs) that box is what I saw in there. Well, the parent has a better understanding of what it's going to take. The child probably starts crying or like, I can't wait. Can you do it right here? Put it together for me, whatever. But that assembly is what gives it its function. The assembly gives it its definition. It gives it purpose. It fulfills the vision of what was the intention when it was purchased. And that's why I like that word assemble. And we're gonna see it throughout the book of Acts, that word assemble and references of the same. And it's so important to have this drop in you as part of how Jesus intended to build the church. It's because when you learn to assemble, you activate, you cause to grow that identity that you have in him, you become more disciplined, you fellowship with other brethren, you get encouraged, hopefully not discouraged, Uh, you encourage others, uh, you give a good word, you you put your hands to the plow, to the work of God, the ministry of helps, all these things come together, and it's very important. When I was preparing for this Bible study, I got to thinking how, you know, I'll look at my table or something, and I'll see how dust has fallen, by default, because that's the world we live in, dust falls on... uh, the table, the chair, the counter. And I thought, wow, look at all the dust that gathered there. I was looking at it one day. Usually when I'm close to when my housekeepers do is when I notice that. <laughs> but I didn't say, wow, look how the dust assembled on my counter. Because the fact that there's a default thing with dust, because that's part of this life we live and part of the skin we shed, etc. It's just a default. It's going to happen no matter what. You can't stop dust. It gathers wherever it can. It just, it'll touch anything. It'll fall on anything. I thought about, the, that made me think about the difference and the variance between gathering and assembling. Now, the Bible does use the word gathering. People use the word gathering for Christian get-togethers. I'm not putting it down. What I want us to do though is understand the intensity, the depth, and the purpose of Christian assembling assembly and how important it is to our walk with the Lord. So it is a more purpose, it's more purposeful than gathering. The intention is there. And we have to be able to understand the difference. Think about it this way, one more example. When God created us this human anatomy, everything was in its, is in its place according to the creation. Well, when you're involved in a local church and you assemble properly, you, are, you become or you get in your right place according to the vision, according to the vision of that ministry, according to the mission, according to the uh, statement of faith and the goals of the ministry. You find yourself honing into that. Maybe not when you get there, Maybe not for a while, because you're developing and growing. But it will happen. So there's a difference there. If God to have created all the separate parts of the human anatomy, every organ, bones, all the structure, everything separately, and then just created it all and then just gathered it up and said, there's man, well, we could have a, a finger sticking out of our nose or, or a foot sticking out of our head. or. Um, an eye on our foot I mean I I know I'm being silly but think about it there was purpose and intention for the goal for the function for the vision of why he created humanity and it's no different in the body of Christ the book of Acts talks about a lot of these giftings and 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 we're gonna get into that the book of Corinthians talks about the whole the body as a whole it's very important to understand that there was an intention there and that's the same intention from which we get intensity, from from which we can understand when we assemble properly. It's very scriptural, very spiritual to assemble. And remember that the term assemble or assembly can apply both to the body of Christ at large, which is the church, or a church. So I'm part, I'm assembled into the body of Christ, but I'm also part of the local assembly the local church or the church that I attend that I'm a member of now webster's brings a good definition he says to bring together as in a particular place for a particular purpose i like that word particular because it tells us that there is in particular it particular means specific particular uh, connotes the term intentional purposeful so that is, that's what that assembly is even back in Webster's definition or to fit together the parts of when you assemble something you fit together the parts of and I know back in the day and I remember you know my husband would assemble the bike and sometimes we had a part or two left and Either he had to start over or just say, you know what, forget it. I'm going to pay someone to do this. <laughs> I mean, because you have to do it properly to get the proper function. Now, if it's some sort of little uh, decor, like, you know, using the bike example, the little, I don't even know what they're called, the things that hang out of the handlebars, uh, the, the little horn, the uh, fender, something like that, maybe not as significant, but you're talking tires and, And you're talking spokes and chain and uh, the gear shift and the brakes, all those purposeful parts. Yeah. Yeah. You better have them in the right place or you won't get the function and someone's not going to be happy. So it's important to assemble properly. Hebrews has a lot of definitions. It says to grasp. When you assemble, you're able to grasp. You're able to collect together. It means to go forth and assemble as a man of war. To go forth, assemble yourself as a man of war. That's one thing about the military. Uh, They're they're very organized, very administrated. Otherwise, people wouldn't know what they were doing if they were deployed and and engaged in combat. They they have code words, they have code signs. Uh, Everything is just right in order, right in order. So they're assembled. Otherwise, it'd be a mess, and, and you'd lose the war all the time. You'd lose the combat. I like this definition, to assemble against the enemy. This is one that I, I know is particular particular, to what we're studying in the book of Acts, to assemble against the enemy. God has a reason he puts you in that church. God ha- first of all, he had a reason that you're in the body of Christ, and how he created you, he had a reason for creating you the way he did, Like Peter, when he came to himself and he understood by the Spirit of God who Jesus was, it came to him. He came to himself. When it came to him, he came to himself. That's what we have to do when we realize who Jesus is, who the Lord God is. We will come to ourselves the way God created us, the way he intended. Now, it may not happen overnight. It takes growth. It takes development. But this is part of the purpose of going to church. It's part of the purpose so that you can be a part of the bigger church, the body of Christ, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're assembled against the enemy. There is an enemy. A congregation together for a sacred thing. That's what we do. We we assemble ourselves as a sacred thing. We endeavor to be holy in our worship, in in the word, in, in the prayer. A gathering together in one place, okay? There it is, a gathering together in one place. I'm not against the word gathering, but that gathering has to have the intention. To meet with anyone at an appointed place, to come together for a specific purpose at a specific time and place. The definition in Hebrew, it, this one is like being subpoenaed to court. Okay, what does a subpoena do? You, get, you receive a subpoena to show up in court. It tells you what court, what date, what time? And you better be there. Otherwise, you're, you could be in a civil violation. Uh, there could be a penalty. Uh, someone could be angry. The judge could say contempt of court, throw them in the, you know, book them, throw them in the tank, whatever they call it. <laughs> it, could, it could come with uh, repercussions to violate the subpoena. And it's that intense with the things of God. Sometimes we can violate and there are repercussions to not living the intention that Jesus had for us in, in all that he created us. We share one, one or two other things with you here today. Um, it's a, a definite appointed meeting together with the other party. I, I read a, have read over the years uh, Frank DiMaggio. He writes some good books on administration and organization. This is one of his quotes. He says, our corporate assemblies... Are not casual meetings with that God considers optional. He made an appointment with us. He has subpoenaed us. I'm going to read that again. Our corporate assemblies are not casual meetings that God considers optional. He has made an appointment with us. We better we better keep that appointment. And I, I'm going to close out here, and, and we're going to get into some next some scriptures, other scriptures in the next session. But I wanted to prepare you for the next few times that we get together. And as we finish up our introduction and get into the book of Acts, it's it's a powerful thing. The book of Acts is us. The book of Acts is 2021 version. (laughs) This is what's going on today. And we're going to take some of these accounts and bring them to today. And of course, we're adding our accounts. They all go in the book of Acts. This is just the only, we, we stop at chapter 28 in here, but we've written the other chapters that go on. So let me say this. Thank you for joining me today. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.